The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome into Stacking the Box. I'm Josh Hill, alongside Matt Verderam. We have a very special episode this week. It's Christmas. Your favorite holiday. It is my favorite holiday. I'm very excited about it. This will be the last episode we have until the night of Week 17. We'll come on right after the Sunday night game. We'll break down the playoff picture, coaching firings, potential hirings, all that good stuff. But, yes, as far as Christmas, listen, I am jacked up. Uh... My uh, my best friend and his and his pregnant wife are coming out to spend some time out here. Uh, we started a tradition ten years ago called Christmas Eve Eve because we felt that Christmas Eve and Christmas is not sufficient <laughs> enough to celebrate the holiday correctly. And look, everyone out here listening can identify with this. You get excited about a holiday, and then you have to go to your families, and it's terrible. Or at least if it's not terrible, there's like four or five people there that you just dread seeing. Whether yep. it's like your drunk uncle. <laughs> Or it's it's an aunt that always like tries to kiss you on the mouth instead of the cheek because he's just being aggressive, uh, or it's just like a, 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 an actual like a media family member you just don't want to say. So Christmas Eve Eve was devised <laughs> that you just you see only the people you actually want to see because no one's going to be offended if they weren't invited over to your house on the twenty third, right? So that's how it started. Then my parents and sister are coming out on the uh, the night of the twenty third, and so. I can't wait. I am gonna. Ha- I'm gonna be in a sugar coma. I'm, I'm gonna eat my weight in chocolate and peanut butter oh, yeah. and Christmas ham and all the. Re- I'm ready, Hill. I am uh, very, very excited for the week ahead. All right, it's starting to feel a lot like Christmas. It's also starting to feel a lot like the end of the season. We're starting to look ahead to what we're gonna think about as we look back on this year, specifically with awards. We're not really gonna predict anything today. We're gonna just cut out the middleman. Cut out Roger Goodell. Cut out the NFL. We're going to hand out our awards. Our Stacking the Box 2019 NFL Awards. We've got seven of them that we're going to be handing out today, Verderam and myself. Uh, And we're going to start with the most important one, the Lamar Jackson MVP Award, because we've already named the award after the man who's probably going to win it, Lamar Jackson. But neither of us are going to pick Lamar Jackson, because enough has been said about he's basically the runaway. He's the most impressive player this year so far. He's in all likelihood, going to win the MVP. So we're just going to jump to the chase. We're going to name it after him, and we're going to hand that award to somebody else. So, Verderam, who are you giving 
your Lamar Jackson MVP award to for the 2019 season? Uh, Russell Wilson. I think he's been great. I want to say he's like 28 touchdowns and five picks or something like that mm-hmm. this year. Look, Seattle's 11-3, and three, and it's nothing against the rest of the roster. They've got some nice young players. They've got good receivers, good back, and Chris Carson. Like, that team, that team should not be 11-3. and three. That team should be like 9-5, and five, like battling the game. Yeah. They're 11-3 they're and three because Wilson is fantastic. That defense has been up and down this year. Offensively, they're run first under Brian Schottenheimer, their OC. And Wilson just continues to make chicken salad out of you-know-what. So, look. The fact that they're as good as they are, that they're the one seed entering the last two weeks of the year, yeah, give me Russell Wilson. I, I think he's been fantastic. I would vote for Lamar Jackson if we could here, mm-hmm. um, but we can't, so I'm going with uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, me too. I'm going with Russell Wilson. There's arguments to be made for Christian McCaffrey, I think, but— They're terrible, though. They're, they're, yeah, and, they're not He's good. a back. He's, they're never going to win, you know? No, and the, the reason that you could even make legitimate actual MVP arguments for Russell Wilson— is that the Ravens have built that entire system around his strengths. Like, it's not a situation where they drafted him and then they did what everybody else was complaining about. They're like, make him a pocket pass or make him a traditional quarterback. Harbaugh and company were like, no, he's not a traditional quarterback, so we're not going to have a traditional offense. And now they're the best team in the AFC record-wise, best team in the NFL record-wise. And that's because they've taken a guy and they've not tried to fit a square peg into a round hole. Russell Wilson doesn't have that type of a system in Seattle. He has constantly been fighting against Pete Carroll and Schottenheimer and these guys basically not playing to his strengths. He's so good that you can just say, go out there and try to win this game. DK Metcalf is his top receiver. Like, it's incredible. And and this is kind of like a, uh, you know, in the Oscars, sometimes they'll give a guy who's been acting for years and years and years this He'll win Best Actor like because lifetime achievement. Yeah, they're like, oops. Yeah. Like they gave Scorsese Best Director for The Departed, and they're like, oops, it should have been for Goodfellas and Raging Bull. But thanks for playing. Thanks for all the memories. That's kind of what this MVP award could be like for Russell Wilson, because he's never had a top receiver. Doug Baldwin is that a top one hundred receiver? Of- so as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. All time? No. I mean, he hasn't had this guy... Right. who has been a, a Robin to his Batman to really make that offense sing. It's all been Russell Wilson. And this season, like you said, all your points, that is 100% Russell Wilson. The defense is middle of the road. It's all right. The, you know, Pete Carroll's made some coaching mistakes. They've lost games, been in positions where they could lose games because of the way he's coached. But Russell Wilson is so yep. good. And there's no reason for it because it's not like the system's built around him like it is in, in Baltimore. No. And the only, the only other guy I'd throw in there, and he's not going to win – even in a normal year, but Michael Thomas has been incredible. Yeah. Like, Michael Thomas might break the all-time single-season receptions record. Mm-hmm. On Monday night against the Colts, he was targeted 12 times. He had 12 catches. Like, I mean, he's he's obscene. He's so good. Um, tell you what's not. It's not Joe Flacco. It's not. That's <laughs> it's, not. It's, so it's no. not. But no, I, I think if it wasn't Jackson, I, to me, Wilson would be the clear choice. I know there was some love for Dak. He fell off. Yeah. Deshaun Watson. But Sean Watson has games where you're like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then he has other games just for 150 yards. So, yeah, I would say Wilson. 
All right, moving on to our coach of the year, our stacking the box coach of the year, Verderam. Who are you handing it to? So hard to say with two weeks left to go in the year, but if they make the playoffs, and maybe even if they don't, Mike Tomlin to me is the coach of the year. Mm. Like that team, That's good. that team has no business being in the playoff spot with two weeks. And I know their defense is really good. I get all that. They're starting Duck Hodges. Like I don't, I don't care if the defense <laughs> yeah. is really good. You know what? The defense is pretty good in Denver too. Not to pile on after my Flacco joke, but like, oh, they, they going, deserve it. They like they're it. not going to the playoffs. Right? Like, there are other teams that are bad that have good defenses, aren't anywhere near the playoffs. And Tomlin took a team that was 0 3 and dead in the water and has them at 8 and 6. Now, look, you could argue they haven't played a lot of good teams when they have, they've lost. Fine. I don't care. They're without their quarterback and they're 8 and 6. And they, they play the Jets this weekend. They're favored in that game. Then they're going to go play Baltimore. If Baltimore wins this Sunday. They're not going to be playing for anything. They might rest everybody. Look, I don't think the Steelers are any threat in the AFC, anything like that. But if they even just make the playoffs. He's my guy. If they don't make the playoffs, then then it becomes more interesting. I think you go a lot of different ways. I might look at Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bills have been excellent this year, and I'll tell you, they went Saturday. They'll make quite a statement. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's Mike Tomlin. I'm going off the beaten path with this one, and I'm giving my Coach of the Year award to Brian Flores. That's that's fair. He's he's done a great job. Three and eleven are the Dolphins at this point of the recording this podcast there's a chance i mean they're probably not gonna win their last two games well they might be the Bengals, but they home. could beat the Bengals if they get to four wins even three wins three more wins than we thought they were going to get this year for most of the first half of the season it was an endless joke everybody had the same joke about how oh they're gonna go oh and 16 oh this Bengals game is gonna be for the number one pick oh they're tanking for tua and for various reasons none of that's gonna end up being true i mean Tua's injury is kind of outside of all of this. I mean, yep. they still could end up with Tua. <laughs> they get him in the second round or something like that. But the fact that Brian Flores is has been able to do the type of job that he's done in Miami this year with the roster that he has, with the kind of pressure that's been on him from like a joke standpoint, not so much that like he's going to lose his job at the end of the season because they're going to kind of ride this out with him, I think. The fact that he's been able to create some sort of a culture in Miami so, like, against the uh, – in that Jets game that they lost, he's running off the field after the refs complaining about a call that didn't go their way in the final minutes of that game. That's not what you expect out of a guy who's supposed to just be, you know, in there. He, you know, it's like a kangaroo court. He's not there to do anything other than we have to have a head coach, otherwise we can't technically be a football team. He's been so much more than that. I think that the Dolphins might actually – I don't think they're going to be like you know a bounce-back team like the Bills next year or something like that. But I think Brian Flores, if we're talking about former Belichick guys who we've looked at and been like, oh, there's for sure going to go up. There's no way Patricia's going to flame up. There's no way Mangini, Crennel, Weiss, all of these guys who have been headline hires from Belichick's tree, they've all tanked. I think Flores – and Vrabel doesn't really count because he was a player. He was never really a coach on that staff – I think Flores can really be that first guy to come off that Belichick coaching tree and be something because he's done so much with so little in Miami. I mean, this is a team that traded for Aqib Tlaib in a salary dump. Like, that's incredible. And they have a war chest of picks, so they're going to be at least decent in the future or have the chance to be decent in the next couple of years. And I know they're only 3-11, and but those three wins, I'm like, hey, maybe Brian Flores can do this. Or at least I'm willing to give him more of a shot than I was at the beginning of the season. I could see them being interesting next year. I don't know if I see them as a playoff team, but I could see them being an 8-8, eight and eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they've got a million picks. They've got cap space. It's Miami. You're not going to yeah. have a hard time convincing players to go there. 
Preston Williams was a really impressive rookie before he tore his ACL. Expect yep. him back fully healthy. So, yeah, look, I like the Dolphins. They find that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be interesting because that division all of a sudden with the way the Pats are playing, like you have to wonder how long is that nice going to continue to go on for. Now, no, 20 years in. Yeah. But we're 20 years in. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, the fact of that. Yeah, and the Jets aren't going to do anything anytime soon. We're going to get to them later. Oh, man. All right. They're, they're going to take one of my awards off. Huh? There we go. The teaser. But before we get there, Rookie of the Year, Verderam, who are we giving it to? And this is, we're not going to break this down offense and defense. This is one all-encompassing Rookie of the Year award. It can be offense. It can be defense. Who are you giving it to? Uh, you know what? I was between two guys in the Bay Area, uh, Josh Jacobs and Nick Bosa, and I'm going to go with Jacobs. I think he's done a hell of a job of 1,100 yards rushing. You know, he won't mm-hmm. play week 16. He's dealing with the shoulder injury. But he's been banged up all year, and he's really done a great job for the Raiders. Look, I know he's got a good offensive line. I get that. But he's got no passing game to take the pressure off him. They don't throw the ball down the field. No team's backing off. You always have that extra safety in the box. He's done a really nice job. I still don't love taking a running back in the first round. They never do. But if you're going to take a running back in the first round, he better be a damn good player. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been a damn good player. I think for the Raiders, you're excited about him. He's a guy to build that offense around for the next couple of years. So ultimately, you, you did well for the Raiders to get Josh Jacobs. I think he's done, and they also, by the way, uh, Max Crosby's been great for them. Eight yeah. and a half sacks. Yep. So they have a really nice class. In fact, we have a piece uh, going up on Friday on, on Fanside.com. Bill Williamson, former ESPN writer, wrote it for us about the AFC West draft classes. And the Raiders have a really good class. Kansas City with Dwan Thornhill and McCole Hardman, mm-hmm. really good class. The Broncos, we'll see how Noah Fant and Drew Locke play out, but there's a lot of potential there. Dalton Reisner as well. So, uh, But, yeah, I'll, I'll take Jacobs. I think he's been the most impressive rookie. I thought about Gardner Minshew for this. Uh, I just don't know. I, I, I can't give it to him over either Jacobs, who was the second guy on my list, or Nick Bosa because right, right. even though the 49ers defense is kind of – come back to earth a little bit from where they were before just how good Bosa and that unit was for a majority of this season is incredible I mean that was a wrecking crew and he's coming off I mean I'm still look picturing that Monday night game against the Browns and he's flying off the edge you got that game against the Redskins which was in the rain and the mud and yeah. he's slipping and sliding around he is a force and that was the, I mean there weren't a lot of people that thought it was a bad pick, but it's like, well, can he live up to the Joey Bosa thing? Like, of course. And we're going to have the same conversation, I think, about uh, Chase Young as we get closer to the draft. Ed Oliver was a guy, and Josh Allen were two guys that we talked about in this draft class where we're like, oh, they're going to be so good, they're going to be so good. And that kind of fizzled out a little bit. And Bosa was up there, too, where it's like, is this really a sure thing? How sure of a thing can he be? And so far, he's looked phenomenal. And that defense looking as good as it has been there's other factors in there, like, you know, Robert Salah is one of the best defensive coordinators we've seen in the last couple of years. Richard Sherman being a veteran presence on that team has helped out a lot. And, of course, I mean, let's not forget that the guy who's constructed this whole thing is one of the greatest safeties in football history, John right. Lynch. So it's not surprising that the defense is good. What has been a little bit surprising to me is that Nick Bosa has been so good so soon. And I think that if he can keep this up, Rookie of the Year won't be the last award that he wins in his career. Yeah. I agree. I, I think you know, Bosa has been excellent. And, uh, yeah, I, I was torn. I went Jacobs. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Bosa has been fantastic yeah. for the Niners. And, we're, again, we piled this into one award. There is probably a decent chance they both win rookies. Oh, they will. Offense, defense. They will. So, um, there you go. 
but they both win in this one. Let's move on to our biggest surprise of 2019. I'll kick this one off because this is, and we may have the same answer. I'm not sure, but Lamar Jackson, biggest surprise because of just. And I was I rewatched the AFC Championship game. Um, I actually was thinking about some of the comments that you were making during the AFC Championship. Last year's AFC, yeah. Oh my god! And one of them was. Uh, there, were Tom, all, but there were a lot of comments during the AFC title game. Tom Brady was driving down the field, and I forget if it was the last drive or the overtime drive, and you're yelling and you're yelling, and you're like, get him. You're like, he's not Lamar Jackson. Just put pressure on him. And now I'm looking back at that, the context of that, saying that, which was very right at the time because we were like, look, Lamar Jackson can't throw. Like, all he can do is run. Now we've come almost a year after that, and Lamar Jackson is – the best quarterback in football, the most exciting player in football, it seems. And this... Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. guy that everybody is saying is a revolutionary game-changer. That was not what we thought he was going to be when we watched him in that playoff game last year when the Ravens got there and then promptly got out of the playoffs. Right. Uh, to me, that this is clearly the biggest surprise, and it's a good surprise because, you know, it's, have all the Twitter debates that you want about whether or not he's a passing quarterback or whatever. The fact that we're all talking about him, we have consistently talked about him from week to week, and he puts up good stats, and he's an interesting player. He's made Baltimore extremely relevant, out, and that's a traditionally defensive team. John Harbaugh looks like a genius. Uh, Ozzie Newsom looks like a genius now because, you know, kind of his parting gift to the Ravens was here's Lamar Jackson. Here's this incredible team that you guys can maybe ride to a Super Bowl this year. Just he's been one of the most pleasant surprises in the last couple of years for me, especially in an offseason when we were Baker, 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 Browns, 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 Browns. Turns out the Speaking AFC. Speaking of surprises. Yeah, the AFC North had, had the right quarterback. Right. We just had the wrong guy. Well, all right. So, a few things. Number one is I, I think the Jackson call is a really mm. good one. I thought about it more from a team perspective, but Jackson's a really good call. I will push back on your assertion that he's the best quarterback in football. He is not the best quarterback in football. He is, he is maybe the most improved, the most electrifying in some ways. Uh, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league, but that's, I guess, for another podcast. Um, He's been great, though, mm-hmm. and I love watching him play. I don't understand these people who are like, well, he's going to get hurt. Okay, well, all right. I mean, <laughs> Mahomes dislocated his kneecap yeah. diving for a quarterback sneak. Like, you know, yeah, he probably is going to get hurt eventually. Like, guys get hurt in the mm-hmm. NFL. And you know what? Yeah, that style, yeah, he's not going to do that for 15 years. No. I don't think anyone thinks he's going to do that for 15 years. I don't understand why people can't just enjoy it. Yeah. Now, like, look, nobody... Live in the moment. There's no secrets on this. Like, I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm a... You know, of course, I I think Mahomes is unbelievable. And look, I think even I can say I'm biasedly, I think he's the best quarterback in football. I also think there are other guys who I'd I'd take long-term over Jackson. Like Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's probably Sean Watson I would take long-term because I just don't think he can throw the ball at well. But this year, this year, much like Cam Newton in 2015, Ooh, yeah. He was, he's been great. Like, he's the guy this year. He is. 
Um, and I don't. I, and like, look, as I said, I'm a Chiefs fan. I think I I, I follow and, and follow like thousands of Chiefs fans on Twitter. And every time Lamar Jackson does something, I, I it's like, oh, he's not that good. No, no, no. Look, look, he can be great, and Mahomes can also be great. Like yeah. this idea that they're like mutually exclusive. You know what I want to see as a football fan? That matchup in the AFC Championship. Game. Yep. Nothing against Brady and the Pats, who are incredible. The greatest dynasty I've ever seen in any sport. I want to see Jackson and Mahomes in the AFC title game. Because that's, that's great. Those two guys should be battling it out. We're watching in the AFC for the next dozen years. Now, to my biggest surprise, hello Cleveland. <laughs> okay? I almost said the Chargers. Okay. But, but you know what? I'm going to go with the Browns, and here's why. The Chargers are probably the bigger pure surprise. I think everybody thought they were good. But yeah. When they started getting injured, like in the summer with Derwin James, you could kind of see it coming a little bit. Like, this might not end well, and then and it ended horribly. And they're the Chargers, so I don't know that it's ever totally surprising when they tank. The Browns spent the whole offseason telling everybody who'd listen, whether it was the cover of SI, whether it was on the radio, whether it was on television, whether it was in a GQ profile, how great they were, how great they're going to be, how they're the team to beat, how Pittsburgh's done. Well, as it turns out, Pittsburgh with Duck Hodges is better than the Browns, and the Ravens are just lapping the field and laughing all the way through it. By the way, Jackson's younger than Mayfield. Uh, despite being uh. drafted a year earlier. So, like, you think of the AFC, and I just touched on this. When you think of the next 10 years, now obviously guys are going to get drafted into the conference. Guys will leave. But right now, as you know it, you think of Mahomes. You think of Lamar. You mm. think of Deshaun. Like, that's what you think. You don't think of Baker. You don't think of 17 touchdowns, 17 picks Baker. <laughs> okay? You don't think of Odell and Jarvis, who are supposedly, reportedly, yelling, hey, come get me. <laughs> and my favorite part of this, by the way, is so Odell, there's no arguing that that happened, right? But then when Jarvis Landry came out from Michael Silver, who is a, a, a phenomenal reporter, reports that you know, Landry was saying this during the game to the Cardinals, come get me. And then Landry comes out in vehement defense of this whole thing and says, I would never say that to a team with a worse record than us. So you're telling me you're saying that the teams that are better than you? Like, what is that? Can you imagine being a player in the Browns and, like, you're, you're frustrated and you're trying to win and you're dog-tired and you're beat up and you hear, you hear your receivers going, hey, man, come get me in the offseason. Yeah, that's a good team. And now there's, like, this idea that Freddie Kitchens might somehow come back. Like, no, what thank it? you. So, look, they're, they're to me – I didn't buy into the hype that they were ever going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. We talked about it on the podcast for the year. I thought they'd be good. That team is a mess. And not only are they a mess, like long-term, that team has major, major issues. Yeah. I mean, we kind of settled in the middle and we were like, when we did our uh, predictions before the season, yep. kind of figured they'd be maybe 10-6. and six. Right. Like, that'd yep, be nine good. 9-10 wins. That seems like a distant memory. And that seems like such a long shot now. I mean, it yeah. seems, again, we just talked about Lamar Jackson. And if we're talking biggest surprises, everybody forgets that this Browns team beat the doors Killed off of the Ravens yep. earlier this in season. Baltimore. That is, you want to talk about sliding doors going two different directions here, like the Ravens and the Browns. Everybody was like, here it comes. And then, well, Holy there cow. it was. That was, yeah, the Browns, my God. And I feel bad for the Browns, too, because when they had Hugh Jackson, we dogged them every single week. And we, yep. again, not the fans, because the fans we like. The fans we feel bad for. Yeah. Those poor souls in Cleveland. My God. 
oof, not good. Those poor bastards have no chance. No chance at all. And again, and it's the most Cleveland thing ever, too, that it's like this, the expectations have been built up so much that it's just, I don't, come on, Cleveland, what are we doing? Just fall into the lake. Be done with it. There we go. The factory of sadness. Moving on to our, uh, this, is, this is one of my favorite awards. And uh, if he's listening, we did this with love. It is the Bill O'Brien Award for the biggest frustration of the 2019 season. Um, I'll start with this one. And my biggest frustration for a number of different reasons was the Oakland Raiders. Um, before the year, they're a complete joke. They're on hard knocks. They get Antonio Brown, which, again, people forget about. He was on that team for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah he was. And then you want to talk about going off the rails. Oof, that... I thought about giving him his own award for <laughs> yes. this, but I didn't want to get in trouble with HR. No, so. this is a clean podcast. We, yeah. we don't want to slap that explicit uh, label on here. But the Raiders, they're a complete joke in the offseason. We're still high on the fumes of making fun of John Gruden from last year. Now Mike Mayock is involved. And before the season even starts, before the, off season, or the, the training camp even starts, there's reports that they're already going at it, that they're already getting physical with each other, that they're already at odds. And it was just theatrics to the highest degree. And then they started winning. And then they started looking like an actual football team. And then they're in the playoff chase. So then everybody who's out there that's saying that they're a joke, we're making fun of them, we kind of have to backtrack a little bit and say, you know, they might be a good team. John Gruden might actually be a good coach. They might actually have a good structure here to move forward as a winning team. And I mean, even you said it when we were approaching that Chiefs Raiders game, you're like, this might be for the division. Because at that point in the season, the Chiefs were kind of sputtering out a little bit and the, Ra- or the Raiders were really, really on. And then they reverted back to their Raiders selves and they're going to miss the playoffs and they reminded us of all who they really right. are, which again is the frustration of... They could have been so much more. They could have proved people so wrong, much in the same way that the Bills continue to do. Yeah. People don't want to give the Bills a lot of credit and Josh Allen a lot of credit and Sean McDermott a lot of credit. The Raiders could have been that. Gruden and the Raiders had that, and they Leon leaded it before they could cross the goal line. It was incredible. And, and of course, the other unfortunate thing they have to mention is they're moving to Las Vegas. And we've seen, I mean, they lost their last game against the Jaguars in true Gruden Raiders fashion. And fans are throwing nachos on the field. And they're all trying to run on the field just to get arrested one last time on uh, the Coliseum. Might be the last night at the Coliseum. Well, yeah. But the fact that you're leaving that fan base behind in Oakland, as a football fan, is incredibly frustrating. Because we talked about this, too. How many different stadiums out there are like this old school you feel like you're at a football game yeah, like very old school they're all very commercial they're all very industrial it's all jerry dome it's all you know u.s bank stadium in, in minnesota even metlife is oh like, metlife's a dump yeah so MetLife's a concrete hole in the middle of east rutherford new jersey the raiders by far the biggest dis- disappointment they are the bill o'brien disappointment of the year for me for a number of reasons i'll stay in the state of Bill O'Brien, the Cowboys. Ooh, good. That team's a mess. Mm-hmm. How the hell is that team seven and seven? First of all, hello, you play in the NFC East, <laughs> which you, to that I'd say, though they actually are four and zero, which means they're three and seven outside that division. Jeez. You played the AFC East and the NFC East, and you can't win a game. How is that even possible? Like that's ridiculous. And they got the Lions and the Bears because they play the NFC North. 
And 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 they got Green Bay, Minnesota at home, and they're seven and seven. Jason Garrett still clapping away. Jerry Jones despondent, but like somehow they're involved. They're right in the mix. You know, you know damn well they're going to win in Philadelphia. They make the playoffs. I was actually uh, texting back and forth with our old uh, buddy Mike uh, Dice, mm-hmm. Cowboys fan. And he said, you just know they're going to the NFC title game and Garrett's getting a 10-year extension. <laughs> yep. I said, yeah, it's going to happen, man. And it is. Now, to me, they're, like, even though they might make the playoffs, there's just such a fraud. That team is so talented. That team should be a 10, 11, 12-win team in its sleep. And it's not. And to, by the way, on a quick aside with the Raiders, and, you know, I agree with everything you said. Um, it's amazing, and it goes to show how quickly the NFL changes. Mm-hmm. Week 13, they were in Kansas City playing for first place. And now they're four games back of them and six and eight. It's just, it's incredible. The Raiders went from like this potentially unbelievable feel-good story to having nachos thrown at them. Moving on to, we got two more awards left. This one is the Sashi Brown Future Investment Award. We are taking a look at a team, a player, whoever, whatever, from this year that eh, wasn't really that great, but we saw enough that next year we're willing to invest some stock in them. Verderam, Sashi Brown, Future Investment Award. Who gets that for you this year? Merry Christmas, Hill. The Bucks. Yes. I think the Bucks are going to be good next year. Like, like pushing for real relevancy in the NFC good. I think, look, Jameis just can't stop throwing picks. No. But, like, can't stop throwing for 400 yards a game. <laughs> so, it's kind of whatever. Throwing for 35 touchdowns probably this year. Like, look, the picks are ridiculous, and some of them are just mind-numbing, but makes a ton of plays. Godwin's really good. Evans is elite. Got a whole other draft class. Jason Light, say whatever you want. Man's back in there for five yeah. years. Like, his plan will continue. Arians is a really good head coach. We both loved the hire when they, when they made it. Their defense is getting better and better. Todd Bowles is a good coach. Um, they've got some really good assistants under them too, guys like Casey Rogers. So I think, look, the Buccaneers, I think, are on the right track. And the only concern I have is Aaron's is older and how long is he going to be yeah. there. But, like, they're a good team. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. They've won four in a row. Uh, I do think they need to do something to get a, a third weapon on the team. I mean, Godwin Evans are great. But O.J. Howard has not been what you hoped. The running back situation, I know that they were really high on Ronald Jones this summer. Like you get a flash here and there, but like they they need to go out and add to those groups, yeah, and then just keep filling in defensively. Look, this is a really good deep draft. Like nail a couple of these picks, and they've done that recently. Their drafts have been pretty solid. I mean, like Hargraves has not been good. Obviously, he's not there anymore. Vita Vea, up and down, but like this year they get Bush. He's been terrific. Or excuse me, Devin White. Devin White. Devin, White. I, Devin Bush. Devin White. Devin Devin White. It's been really yep. good this year. So. The Bucks, and then the corner, I believe, uh, Bunting. Uh, oh, yeah, the safety, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting. Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm losing my mind the names. It's Sorry, nobody, nobody watches the Bucks anyway. No, so. I, that's what I'm annoyed about. So I actually, <laughs> like, you know, before the podcast, I was thinking about the Bucks. No, but they, they've been really good. So I, I think the Buccaneers next year are going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to push the Saints to the NFC South. The other thing that helps them, too, is the Falcons are going to have a totally new regime. Maybe the Falcons get better. Maybe they get worse. The Panthers are a train wreck. Yeah. So I, I really like where the Bucks are headed. Yeah, Shaq Barrett, too. You want to talk about yeah, Jason Light. 16 and a half sacks right now. It's been unbelievable. Jason Light got killed a little bit for some of the decisions that he's made over the years, whether it's drafting, whether it's free agency, whether it's, you know, head coach hirings, whatever. But Shaq Barrett and the draft class that he's put together, 
there's there's hope there. And I mean, I'm of course I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm maybe gaslit myself into thinking that this is all going to work. But like you said, you're 100 percent right about Jameis. On Sunday against the Lions, throws a pick on the first drive of the game, which is probably like the third or fourth time that that's happened this year. It was stunning that it didn't happen on the first Dude, play, I'm which has sure, also happened. I thought I heard the stat. Like, it's happened like six times. It's been Just, far too it's many. unbelievable. But then he follows that up by throwing for 400-some yards, bunch of touchdowns. And in that game, he breaks his own franchise record for touchdowns in a season, for yards in a season, and the team breaks its own franchise record for points in a season. So it's this weird dichotomy. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Of, yeah, we have to live with the mistakes, but like you were saying, if they can limit that, if they can get that down to like maybe 18 interceptions, maybe 14 interceptions, yep. we're having a completely different conversation because, again, this year, like years past, like, they beat the Giants if he doesn't have a bad pick. They beat the 49ers earlier in the season if he doesn't have a bad pick six. Those two extra wins, they're in the playoff hunt right now. And that was the case last year, and that was the case a couple of years ago, too, where Jameis is this guy who can maybe get you to the certain point. Can he get across the barrier? Arians seems to be tapping into something, and I'm willing to find out. I mean, they're going to give yep. him an, they're going to pick up, they're going to franchise tag him, or they're going to extend him or something. We've seen enough to say, all right, Let's, let's play this out and see where it goes. Because, again, if he's a free agent, he's going to go somewhere where they're going to tap into that. He's too good of a – that potential is still too high, I think, to say there's a better quarterback in the draft to build around or there's a better free agent veteran to sign to try and make this team better. It's just it, – it's, it's not happening. It's Winston. Like, yeah. Might as well. I, you know what? It's uh... – it's it's a boomer bust with him. He has games where he's incredible. He has games where he's bad. I just believe in Arians to develop him mm-hmm. a little bit more, a little bit more as time goes on. Look, you're not gonna, like you're not going to just stumble into too many quarterbacks throw for five thousand yards. No, and I don't care who's oh, passing. Like, okay, great. Go look up how many quarterbacks throw for five thousand yards. You want to know what he's going to be? The eighth one. Okay, Breeze has done it five times, and then you have guys like Stafford, Mahomes, Roethlisberger. Bra- There's no bums. Mm-mm. Marino's done it like. Go, like So, Winston, yeah, he throws way too many picks. He makes a lot of dumb decisions. And frankly, I don't know if you can win a Super Bowl or something like that in this day and age because he's just going to give too many chances to your team. But he is the kind of guy that if Arians can fix him with that stuff or even mitigate it, mm-hmm. or he just has one year where it's just it – like, that's enough. Yeah. Because he can be dominant. So, like, I, I just think the Bucks are on the right track. I really do. I think the last month has shown why. And, uh, hell, I mean – the Buccaneers, early in the year, lose a game to the Titans and never should have lost. Yep. They lose a ridiculous game to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bucs, if those two things go differently, they're 9-5. and five. Now, look, you could play coulda, shoulda, woulda all day. I'm sure I could look at a couple of Bucks games that they won and say, well, you know, should they have won? You probably do it with every team. Yeah. But the point is, the Buccaneers are not that far off. And if they beat the Texans, they're probably going to finish your 9-7. and seven. It's not bad after considering the where they started. I'm going to go out west for my future investment award and give it to the Arizona Cardinals. They're 24th in passing yards. 
They're 23rd in overall yards. That's not good. That's firmly in the middle of the pack. But the fact that the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray experiment didn't flame out the way that we all thought it was going to, that's a win in my book. Look, they were never going to figure this out in the first year. This air raid offense was never going to take off like the Sean McVay offense did, like a lot of these other things that we've seen over the decade in football where it's an overnight success. People may have thought that, you know, going this route would produce that. But really, I mean, it was just kind of, we're, we're, if we're talking about future investment, that's what Steve Kahn was going for. And it was a risky start. I mean, they trade Josh Rosen, the guy who they took in the top 10 of the draft the year before. It's a complete risk. And of their nine losses this year, only four have been by more than two touchdowns. And not since October 20th have they lost by more than two touchdowns. Five of their losses were by 10 points or less. Now, there's still losses, and we don't want to go with moral victories. But for a team that has a first-time head coach in the NFL yep, and a rookie quarterback who was too short to draft and they took him number one overall anyways, that's actually pretty good. And that's something to build on. All right. FX did this thing in the early part of the decade in like the late two thousands where they would have all of these shows like sons of anarchy and, you know, nip talk. They nip wouldn't talk. cancel the season before the season ended. A lot of networks do that, where you're four or five episodes in, you're like, this isn't getting the ratings that we want, we're done, we're, we're cutting bait, and we're just going to go in a different direction. The Cardinals can do that with Kingsbury and Murray, specifically because if Kime pulls the plug on this, he's effectively firing himself. Like, he can't do this again. But if the Cardinals want to do that, where they're like, let's just play this out, let's give this some time to marinate. We're not going to be the Rams, we're not going to be competing for a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. It's Neither kind of, are the Rams. Yeah. Well, there's that, too. But, oh, yeah. it's, but it's also it's kind of like what the Dolphins are doing, where they're like, eh, 2022? You're, you're building, you're maybe building we'll be good. long term. Yeah, so and there might not even be a 49ers or a Packers. If they're like a Colts team or a Panthers team from the last couple of years, where they're in the hunt, they're in that wild card hunt, they're competitive each year, and this offense can grow where Kingsbury and Murray can have this sort of tandem together— I'm excited about what's going on in Arizona. Don't dog it too much because it didn't work out in one year. It was never going to do that. A lot of impressive things have happened. And if we're going to say Lamar Jackson's fun, and that's a huge thing about him, this Cardinals team, pretty fun. And also, they should have beat the Lions in week one. Like, time, that kind of kills. But I'm invested. I'm early dying on this hill for the Cardinals to be a team that we're thinking about a lot differently next year. Maybe not a playoff team. Definitely not a playoff team, actually. But there's improvement on the horizon for this, and it's not going to flame out the way that we thought it was going to. Okay. I don't hate it. Last award that we're handing out, the aptly named Albert Hainsworth Worst Free Agent Contract of 2019. Can I just give it to the entire Jets team? (laughs) Well, I've got Le'Veon Bell, so let's just get into it. Okay, so so let's do this. All right, so Bell ran for 676 yards this year on 3.3 yards a cap. They can't block. Like, Adam Gase didn't even want him. Mm-mm. The whole thing was a crap show, okay? But I'll leave the rest of the Bell stuff to you. So then, okay, he's got Bell. Now, C.J. Mosley comes in. He's just an obscenely paid off-ball linebacker. Oh, he's a good player. He's a very good player. But he gets hurt. So he's out all year long. They bring in Avery Williamson. Avery Williamson <laughs> blows his knee out in preseason yeah. because Adam Gase is trying to prove a point and leaves him out there for an extra series, and he blows his knee out. So he's out for the year. Jamison Crowder. Yeah, you forgot about Jamison Crowder? 
Uh, yeah, well, I didn't forget about Jameson Crowder. Pepper's Farm didn't forget about <laughs> Jameson Crowder, okay? 700 receiving yards this year for $9 million a year. Like, oh. hey, listen, that's all fine and good, man. Like, you're maybe the number two if Quincy Noonan could ever stay on the field, number three. Like, it's crazy. They spent all this money, and they suck. And if you want to go back a step, like last year, Tremaine Johnson, five years, $75 million. They, they would cut off a limb to get rid of him. Oh, my God. Just just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, I, enough. Enough with the Jets couldn't have sucked more this whole season. They're going to keep Gase, so they're going to suck again <laughs> next year. It's unbelievable. And on top of all that, hey – and good luck and enjoy the cap situation where you've maxed out all these guys who can't play. It's a, or, or or can play and been hurt all year long. Have that, fun. That that is just a total evisceration of the Jets organization. I, I don't think I can top that. I'm gonna go off and I'm gonna go ahead and name some honorary bad contracts just because that the Jets are too hot to touch right now. Uh, I would say that Nick Foles is in the conversation for a bad contract just because Gardner Minshew is the future. Gardner Minshew was so much fun in Jacksonville. And uh, you gave Nick Foles gobs of money, which when he came back was initially like the only reason people were like, yeah, they're going to stick with Foles because they gave him a ton of money. You know, you made a good decision when the only reason you're sticking with the guy you shouldn't be starting is because you gave him a ton of money. Like, come on, good for Nick Foles for getting his cash, but that, that, that's a tough beat. Also, I would say that Golden Tate, not a great signing. If we're going to talk about New York teams, suspended for the first four games of the year. It's not his fault that the offense is that bad, but as far as signings not really paying off and as far as he could have gone somewhere else, like the Bills, I'm looking at our free agency tracker that we had before the season, and number eight and number 10, John Brown and Cole Beasley, both, I would say, much better paying off, at least, than Golden Tate has in New York. The Detroit Lions. Uh, So so Jesse James. Oh, I forgot about Jesse James. Yeah, yeah, I bet you did. (laughs) I bet you did. Jesse James' family forgot about Jesse James. Yeah, okay. They signed him, big multi-year deal in the offseason, 13 catches for 125 yards. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right, okay? Just in case you were wondering, like, hey. you know, they, But I bet the Lions made some other good moves. Yeah, 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 sure they did. Danny Amendola comes in. I'm not going to kill him for that. Somewhat of a short, short-term yeah. signing, 641 yards. But certainly, like, not exactly – you know, a huge impact there for a team that's won three games. Trey but Flowers says hello. The Trey Flowers <laughs> contract, five years, $90 million, oh, right? God. Seven sacks this year. Wow, money well and, spent. But, but see, but here's where I will, I will defend Trey Flowers. He was never a double-digit sack guy in New England. Not once. Never a pro bowler. Never an all-pro. And the Lions, who are headed up by who? Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, where they come from, New England. So they saw Trey Flowers, and they're like, all right, this is great. No, Trey Flowers was never worth that kind of money. The reason he was so good in New England is because there were a lot of good players around him. Not to say Flowers wasn't good, he's a good player. But my point is, you could move him around in that scheme. It was hard to double him. Versatile guy. He fit well when he was surrounded by other players who you had to pay attention to. Guess what, Detroit? You don't have to pay attention to anybody else getting to the quarterback there. So I think Flowers was fine. He did what he does. But they overpaid him because they're the Lions. Oh, and by the way, Merry Christmas. Here comes Matt Patricia year three. (laughs) And four. Like, we're just going to ride this whole contract out. Unbelievable. Good Lord. Well, it is almost Christmas for the Rams, so let's end this one on a positive. We're going to talk about bad free agent signings. Let's take highlight a few ones that actually paid out. 
Uh, headlined by, I'd say, Mark Ingram in Baltimore. Great sign. Thought that that wasn't going to work without Kamara if he's not in the Ravens Great or in the Saints system. Yep. And rarely is a running back a really good signing, but that he's been awesome. Oh, yeah. We mentioned uh, Cole Beasley and John Brown. John and, Br- and Mitch and, Morse as well there. Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo, really nice class by Brandon Bean, who's done a hell of a job in Buffalo. Staying in the AFC, you know, Tyron Matthews has been great for the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, like borderline defensive player of the year candidate. Not that he'd win. He shouldn't win. Gilmore's going to win. But Tyron Matthew. Not a pro bowler. Has been, yeah, what a Jesus. <laughs> Young, listen, I get the AFC's loaded with safeties, but come on now. I mean, come on. He's the one that said okay. it. He's like, I'm the only safety that covers a number one receiver. I mean, Tyron Matthew is asked to do so much in that defense. He's been fantastic. So I, I would throw him in the mix. Uh, again, rare that you spend crazy money like that and it works out, but it's worked out. Like, he's been uh, – if the Chiefs had to go back and do it all over again, there's no doubt they do it 10 times out of 10. He's been yeah. unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, look, there have been some – But Justin Houston in Indy. G- yep, good signing. I'll give you a couple – the Smith brothers in Green Bay, Zedarius yep. and Preston Smith. Preston Smith's been unbelievable, really nice job by him. Zedarius Smith, excellent signing for the Packers. Another couple of guys who got pretty good money, big money. They've been worth every penny. They've played great. I think you've got to be happy about that uh, if you are a Packers fan. Those yeah. guys have been worth their weight in gold. Yeah, big time. All right. Those are our awards. That's what we think about the 2019 NFL season, which isn't over yet because we've got two more weeks. And then we're going to be doing Stack in the Box on Mondays in the playoffs. That's so right. Playoffs. That's right. That's right. Jeff Schwartz will be back early January previewing all the playoffs. But our next podcast will be December 29th, uh, yeah. the Sunday, Week 17, right after the last game. I'm assuming San Francisco and Seattle is going to be that Sunday night football game. It better be. So we will be on right after that. Um, we're going to be bringing the heat because that's going to be look. We're either going to be talking about coaches who got fired or coaches who are going to be fired. Oh, yeah. Previewing the playoffs, talking draft. I mean, that's going to be a blowout. Banana. Hill and I are going to be in the office till about one a.m. Oh yeah. Um, I might be inebriated. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I will be in good working order, but I'm going to be punch drunk by the end a of that. Stack night. in the box after dark. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you might have a Modelo. We'll yes. see how things play out. Modelo, if you're out there, come on, let's got a fridge full of them. There we go. That's what I'm saying. Whatever's in, I'm not going out to Walgreens at that point. Um, you never but, know. Eh. It depends on how week 17 goes. Listen, like, from us to you, happy holidays, whether it's Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, doesn't matter. Christmas Eve, Eve, if you partake. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's Matt Verderam. I'm Josh Hill. We'll see you next week. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. Huh? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto. And my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.